When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler Communications. This is In the Marbles. What's going on, In the Marbles Nation? I'm your host, Preston, sitting on... Uh, alongside across from the table, this really gigantic table that we have now, a bigger one, I just the one, the only Matt. What's ju- up, man? I just brought a brand new table. It's a little more solid than our 4 by 4 card table that we had this starting out. This thing's not going to, like, see, we had to, let me describe it to you. We had to worry about this thing, like, a card table, like, uh, how could you say it, like, folding over or something. You know, the legs just, yeah, the thing was shaking all the time. It was shaking all the time, but the little steps we do to make ourselves better over time here at In the Marbles, and this yeah, is just one of them. It. It's happening. It is, yeah, it we're is. We're getting fancier. You're still... You're, you still got you got your mixer right over still there got now, my mixer. so we don't have to worry about you like pushing random buttons because yeah, it won't start shaking. Getting everywhere. getting more used to it. Even it's in reach. Before the show, you were you couldn't hear yourself because you turned no, yourself down. I couldn't. Or something but like that. live and learn, man. He's live, still learning. Live and learn. We, we don't know what's going on. Anyways, you have a great weekend, man. Yeah, man. I just watched some race and that was it. A good day of racing Sunday. I watched. I saved the truck race till Sunday. So unfortunately, Caroline had to sit through three races. Oh, well, that's not too or, bad. You know, F1 and the truck race and the cup race, but it was fun. It was a good race, and I actually won on the NBC Predictor $15. Hey, $15. $15 richer. I know. So that will go right toward, right back into In the Marbles to bring you guys better content out there. But, yeah, not a bad weekend, and then worked Monday, and that was it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did work on Monday. We did work yesterday, yes. Yeah, that's right. I, I already forgot. You know, there's... I take a day at a day, you know, each day at a time. I don't blame you. Uh, I didn't get my wish this weekend about hoping for rain in Martinsville. It just happened well, in the morning. It, it did technically rain. Yeah, technically, but I was hoping for like at race time. You know? No, it was, no, it, it was just fine the way it happened. The, the race turned out very well and started on time, so no issues whatsoever. I kind of want more so rain in the Formula One races, vice to cup races. Yeah, um, that's definitely interesting. So it makes it more interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But it was a good weekend of racing, and uh, we'll start off with the news of uh, auto racing. You want to go ahead and get started off? Or? Yeah, absolutely. There was all kinds of uh, interesting stories over the weekend, especially the uh, with front row motorsports. Matt Tift. Yeah, did you poor hear about guy. that? Yeah, poor he guy. He went to the hospital on Saturday, and you know everybody was speculating what really happened. Turns out. He came out with a video. He had a seizure on yeah. Saturday, which is scary to think about. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's a good thing he wasn't, like, driving the car at the time. Absolutely. But his crew was around, so they when he, he said he blacked out, and 
I guess his crew was there to catch him and yeah, put him on the ground or something. Bill Caesar for no joke, but it's uh, pretty crazy. He's not going to be racing the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a bummer for t- um, Matt Tiff. But John Hummer, John, this is John Hunter's Nemerchek's chance to to show go out himself, there and. You know? Yeah, I, he's not Front Row Motorsports is not a competitive team. Well, no, no, they're not. But I mean, but this is his chance to get in there and get his feet wet in the Cup Series. So that's good for John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it, like you said, yeah, Front Row's not a competitive team, but I not mean, at he all. can he can go out there and prove himself. I absolutely. mean, he's got three races to do it. We got Texas this weekend, and then we're off to Phoenix, and then Homestead. So yeah, absolutely. So. I think he's going to hang in there just fine. No run, no better than Matt Tiff has here in the past. But it's going to be fun to see John Hunter Nemechek make his Cup debut here next this week in Texas. And then uh, another piece of news I found: they released the distance for the double header for Pocono in 2020, the June 27th and June 28th race. So the June 27th race will be a 325 mile race. That's 130 laps around Pocono. Mm-hmm. And then the June 28th race is a 350-mile race at 140 laps. So 10 laps difference between the two for a total of 260 laps around that track. That's a long time to be at Pocono, I it feel. Seems, I don't know. It, it seems a little weird that they would just only, you know, only like a 10-lap difference between each day, which is weird. I mean, 130 laps is still a lot. I don't remember what the original... Uh, <clears throat> What was the original distance they used to go at Pocono before uh, they narrowed it down? It, Remember it went, they narrowed it down as well. It went to it was a five hundred mile race. The only time I've ever been there is when it was a four hundred mile race. Mm-hmm. So, how many laps is that? About one sixty ish. I thought they used to run more than just one sixty. No, um, two hundred for when was it was it when it was like the Pocono Pennsylvania okay, so five hundred. Okay, that's when they knocked it down. So they knocked it. They knocked a. Hundred miles off and yeah. still a long race at four hundred miles. Oh, absolutely! It's a big track. Oh yeah, and it's a fun track to go to if anybody gets a chance to go to who's never been. Fun track. It's 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 big, so you get to see cars in the distance. So it isn't like a Bristol or Charlotte or Roval or anything, but it's still a fun track. A lot of history there. Um, I actually went to how many Cup races did I go to there? About three or four, and then I did an Indy race there. Oh, okay. And that was a lot of fun. The Indy race was something else there. That was unfortunately the race where Justin Wilson was killed in. Oh, so wow. never you never think you're going to be at a track or a race where a fatal is going to happen. And unfortunately, that happened uh, on that day. My first Indy car race happened to be that race. That's uh, that's unfortunate. It is it is unfortunate, but that's the danger of the sport, and that's what makes the sport somewhat exciting is that r- chance of death. Yeah. And unfortunately, that happens from time to time. You're right. And then one more piece of news uh, got here. Floyd Mayweather is starting a race team in in NASCAR. I don't know what series. Oh, so it is going to be in NASCAR. It is going to be in NASCAR. Hmm. It's called the Money Team Racing. The Money Team Racing. Money Uh, Team uh, Racing. I I mean, his nickname is Money. And so I have no idea. Probably, I would probably venture and say it's probably going to be like Truck Series or something. Knowing these guys, they might go all out and just say, we're going Cup. I mean, he could be the kind of person that... He could do that. that. You're right. I mean, he I might don't really know how much money he really has. I don't know either. Man. Man's got a lot, though. Maybe he'll bring back Dodge. Hey, I mean... I doubt it. No. Yeah, you're right. That's not... I, I doubt it, but... probably come up with his own car make. But uh, no, that's about all the news we have here. But wild racing here, a wild weekend, yes, a absolutely. Wild, wild racing here. We had a. It was a weekend of loose tires and short tempers. From yes, what I saw, absolutely, a there was of, all kinds of stuff. A lot of crazy stuff happening this weekend. We'll go ahead and get that started with Formula One and the Mexican Grand Prix. So the Mexican Grand Prix, very, very good race from the start. It was actually one of the most exciting races to me to watch all year for Formula One. It was, uh, you know, I only got to catch a little bit, like, near the end, unfortunately. But, like, I went back and watched highlights again of it. And, like, just watching this, it's like a seven-minute video on YouTube. And it's like, I mean, I missed all this excitement. Like, I mean, especially, like, turn, like, the first. I'm sorry, turn cheese. The first uh, lap is always exciting to begin with. Absolutely. But like, I mean, after watching Lewis Hamilton for stopping, like, 
getting into contact with each other than having to go through the grass. I mean, that was, it was nuts. It was wild. It was. It was. It, well, it was a crazy from the. It was a crazy start of the weekend uh, with uh, qualifying in particular. When I was watching qualifying, Verstappen won the pole. However, during qualifying three, Botas wrecked right there coming out of the final turn. Botas wrecked. Verstappen didn't honor the yellow flag, so he the FIA said, "No, you got a three place grid penalty." Yeah, which put Ferrari in a front row lockout, and Leclerc got the pole, and it was the 59th career lockout for Ferrari. So at that point, I was excited. It's like, oh, this might happen. I like. I'm a big Scuderia Ferrari fan, mm-hmm. but I'm watching this from another angle too. It's like. Lewis Hamilton might win or lock up his sixth championship, even though everybody knows just based on last week's episode how I feel about Lewis Hamilton. You got to give it to the guy he could drive. Still like rooting against him. Yeah. Still like rooting against him. However, that happened, and all Hamilton needed to do was outscore Botas by 14 points to lock up the championship. Mm-hmm. So all the pressure is on Hamilton at that point. What, what was I looking at here? But, yeah, I, I said this. Loose wheels had a factor in the race. Yeah. Landon Norris on lap 13. As it was, he, that was the pit road incident, That was the pit it? road yeah. where the McLaren of Landon Norris, his left front wasn't on. Yeah, they didn't they get released it on all the him. way. They said, stop, stop, stop. And, he and still... they pushed him back, put it on, and let go. Charles Leclerc also had a loose wheel, but he they caught that before leaving, so he didn't get a, a runaway penalty for a loose wheel or unsafe release. So a lot of big factors with that. I think Leclerc could have finished in the top three had he done that, but Hamilton and Botas were both so competitive on those old tires, especially Hamilton. My goodness. He pitted. When did he pit last? I think it was around lap 14 or 15. Yeah. It was very early in the race. It was was early. Or Um, was it lap 30? I don't have it right in front of me. I don't have that stat right in front of me. Out of all the stats that I have in front of me, I don't have when he last pitted. But he put on the medium tire, correct? mm -hmm. The white white wall tire, and finished his stint out in one stop. And and Hamilton was, I don't think this is a good idea. This isn't going to work. And turns out, well, it did work. Yeah, and you, you won the Grand Prix because of it. Mm-hmm. A very good race. Um, let's see yeah, here. Let's see. But, I'll tell you right now. Actually, I just saw it. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. I went right by his name. He pitted on lap twenty-three. So, and it was only that—that that was his only stop of the day. So, lap twenty-three was when Lewis Hamilton came in and made his stop. Uh, there was other guys that pitted way earlier than that. I mean, you have like Max Verstappen. Who pitted on lap five, but that's because he had the tire issue, and then yeah. he went the rest of the way after that. And and that was such a bummer. That was such a bummer for Verstappen, but that happens, and oh my gosh, every time, it's funny listening to Verstappen's radio when they play it, because every time it's like, oh, this guy came on top of me, and and Formula 1 drivers are so like that. I mean, NASCAR drivers are like that too, but Formula 1 I think more so, because I don't know if they have to pay for the front wing if they damage it, but my goodness. You know, as the years have gone by, as I slowly learn more and more about Formula 1, I mean, it's crazy that what all goes into it, and like what factors are like you said the front wing i mean you can easily damage that thing. that front wing costs as much as it does to build a nascar monster energy cup car is it really it's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar part oh my god <laughs> that's the, crazy the steering wheel i never alone, even knew that the steering wheel alone cost ten thousand dollars well yeah i mean i could see that nascar's in the stone age when it comes to auto racing formula Four- one is very exciting to watch and when you learn more and more about it, I mean, it it's, like, a, it's even a lot of fun though they might it doesn't seem like they make a lot of passes like it is very hard to pass in formula one to begin with i mean i have just learned that playing a video game that how difficult it is to make passes in formula one you gotta it's, get them while they're in the pits yeah, that, exactly. That that's what you delta. make up all of the time, and that's it's it's crazy. And it's tire management. I like the new. They have this. Um, what is it? it? It's a display or something. They I don't know how they do it, but they give the tire wear throughout the race. It is just like a video game where you hit circle and you get to see the tire wear. Yeah, they have that for the car. I think that's it's more cool. of an estimate. But yeah. you could see like the rear wheels of Vettel's cars were still green, and the fronts were getting yellow. After X amount, of, but he was doing really well tire management. Finished second. Yeah. Finished second, but I don't know if you saw the uh, the victory lane, the podium, but did you see that? Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, 
prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. That, that guy dressed in the, what, the mariachi outfit and the racing oh, helmet. Oh, with the racing helmet and then the hat and, and the he was, sombrero. He was, he was, it's like you have this one job just to dance around and do this. And he's trying to get in the picture with Vettel. Oh, yeah, he had the GoPro. Yeah, he had the GoPro. And he tried to get in the picture with Vettel, and Vettel just shoot him oh, away. Yeah, Vettel like, like, pushed away. him. Get, get away. away from me, it dude. It was a yeah, very good race. So, and then Hamilton, was it Hamilton that took the sombrero and threw it out into the crowd? Probably. And like, I'm sure that guy was like, oh, man, a sombrero. I, I, I remember away. one time my, my dad and uncle were talking about NASCAR, and it was like, oh, this is more like the WWF or WWE. It's all entertainment and show. I don't know. The end of the Mexican Grand Prix was a big fireworks show. I thought it was, you know, it was really cool. What I really liked about, I mean, after the race, like, the the race in general was, was great. I'm starting to really enjoy watching Formula One more and more. And I don't know if it's just because it's kind of, like, new to me since I haven't really been around Formula One for too long. Right. Like, you know, unlike NASCAR, of course. But what I really thought was really cool was the fact that the podium finish, they had Lewis Hamilton's car rising up and he was standing on top of it i was like wow that's like that's really cool to see you know like i didn't that I've was never like the first that time before. that they did that yeah i've never seen that before but that, i that was thought that cool. was fantastic I thought i was like man this is really cool you know not only do you have second and third place but now you're bringing the winner and his car up here like how cool is that it, that was pretty cool but the thing that was really cool to me for to watch was at the end final lap hulkenberg and Kvyat, their yeah. little run in and spin. Hulkenberg finished. Kvyat. Kvyat finished ninth. But he got that 10 second penalty. But he got penalty. a 10 second penalty. He was dropped into 11th, and Hulkenberg beat him. Yeah. In the race. That was funny. That's what, you know, I. that's another interesting thing that I really enjoy about Formula One is that you get all these, you can get these time penalties, and that can make or break your race, which is really, I find that very cool. What if instead of finding the drivers in NASCAR, for loose slug nut, the crew chief's ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you get a five second penalty. Ooh. Oh my goodness! I think you know that I, would be the chance. That would be yeah. the difference. A loose slug nut will be the difference between making or the chase and not making the chase at I, some point. I just I think maybe wow. NASCAR is missing out on some things, but like that's what's but that's think, what sets both of these things apart, you know. And I think that was the point I was going to try to make. If you try to copy another form of motorsports. Yeah. If NASCAR tries to be like Formula One, and they, I think they have with the knockout qualifying, and or Formula One tries to become like NASCAR, you're going to turn a lot of fans away. Yeah, absolutely. But a time penalty might not be a bad idea for Formula One to, or for NASCAR to look into, but don't make it like Formula One, you know, because every time somebody touches each other, every time there's a racing incident where you and I might look at it as a racing incident, it's like, no, that could have been avoided. It's like, I don't know how. Like, I think Vettel pushing Hamilton at the start down to the grass during the start of the race could have been considered excessive blocking yeah, in some people's absolutely. eyes. He did run him off the track a little bit, but, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know either. He, he was, could be deemed as that. But, but in the FIA could have very easily slapped uh, Vettel with a 10-second penalty. You're right. I don't think they do. I don't think you could get a penalty for that. I don't think I've ever heard of that yet. I mean, I, I'm, sure I'm still fairly new there. to this. I'm board, sure the rules out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as far as like you get penalties for like corner cutting and stuff like right. that, you know, and like going off track in certain areas. Like just, I mean, like I've learned that. I mean, it, it sounds crazy just playing a video game, but like I've learned that like if you go off track a little bit, even though there may be asphalt, you know, you go so far off the track, you still get a time penalty for that. I'm oh, talking yeah. like a couple feet off. And I'm like, whoa, dude, like, really? What's going on here? Yeah, you know? <laughs> it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. But your top 10 out of Mexico for the Mexican Grand Prix, uh, the podium went to Hamilton, Vettel, and Botas. That's your top three. Then Claire, Alex Alborn finished fifth. Max Verstappen, sixth. Uh, Sergio Perez finished seventh. Daniel Ricciardo, eighth. Pierre Gasly, ninth. Good run for him, mm-hmm. especially after getting demoted earlier in the year. And uh, Hulkenberg, 10th after that. 10-second grid place penalty for Kvyat. So that was, uh, and we have the United States Grand Prix coming up next week in Austin. It's going to be another great Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it because as far as I know, the championship, the chase for that championship is still technically going on. Yeah. Because, you know, because Ham- of Botas. Yeah, Botas got enough points to keep it going. Hopefully he pushes it. Like, I wanted to go down to Abu Dhabi. 
I love yeah. the last. I don't want it locked up three races to go. Then I don't feel like I want to watch it anymore. I know who the champion is. Now we're just racing for the win. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. We just got done. What did we get done at? Mexico? We just got done with Mexico. So we have Austin this weekend. Okay, so Austin is this weekend. Man, and Texas then... is going to be big for racing. We got the Xfinity, the Cup Series, and Formula One going to be in Austin. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's... Wow, I just now thought of that. That's crazy. Yeah, so Austin, and then they're off to Brazil, and then Abu Dhabi. Oh, so they got two more races, or three more races to go. Yeah, they haven't run Brazil yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, push it all the way to Abu Dhabi. Don't That's... lock it up in Brazil. You know, I, don't I feel want... like, you know, I the more and more I get more interested about this as like i really want to go to a formula one race eventually like i think it would be great like just after watching mexico like the crowd was like partying the whole time and there was they, over like, three hundred thousand people yeah, there. like the people are getting into it and then you know they have the podium right in front of the fans in that uh, like the stadium section yeah. and like people were just like losing their minds it was like looking like a big party and then they allowed fans onto the track as well yeah and like i was like man like that's a lot of fun it looks like a lot of fun it's a lot of fun that was uh formula one i think and we'll get to the rate the races at the end but uh, and i think it's going to rate a lot higher than the previous f1 race which i believe was japan yeah for us mm-hmm. so it was going to rate a little higher because it was a i think a lot more at stake for hamilton and yeah everybody absolutely. else before we get to our next segment of In the Marbles here and talk about NASCAR, it's starting to get a little warmer out here. You know what that means? It means it's going to get cold soon. It means it's going to get right back cold. We're in the fall weather. It's going to be the official start of fall. I wouldn't call it this fall. Week. But... Well, I wouldn't call it fall here in the low, what, in the low country either, either. However, you know what? It will get cold eventually here yes, in the will. low country in Charleston. It does get cold, and now is the best time to call Spencer Aubrey at Low Country Hearth to look at your gas fireplace. Why? Because once it does get cold, everybody's going to start calling, getting their gas fireplaces fixed. And with the holidays coming up, everybody wants that picture next to their fireplace and for the Christmas for card. the Christmas card right. and the family and and you want that working and you want to keep your house warm at a decent price. Mm-hmm. So with Low Country Hearth's mobile showroom, he'll come and at your what's convenient to you and your schedule, yep. and he'll be able to. Look at your fireplace, diagnose it, and fix it at a pretty decent rate and a pretty decent time. And if you mentioned to Low Country Hearth that you heard this ad at In the Marbles, you'll get 10% off service calls and new logs. How about that? What a deal. We said that last week. It was a, it was a steal of a deal. Yeah. So in order to get contact with Low Country Hearth, you want to contact Spencer Aubrey at 843-990-3475, or you can email him at lowcountryhearth at gmail.com. He also has a Facebook page, Low Country Hearth. And once again, you know, it's, it's not going to get any warmer it's not going to be in the 90s anymore so it's only going to go downhill that's right it's all here. downhill from here absolutely so make sure to contact Low, spencer aubrey at low country hearth for all your gas fireplace needs green 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 all right so we're going to get into nascar now we're going to talk about the gander truck series race in martinsville what do you what do you think of it it was, it was i mean it was all right not Nothing too big. I mean, besides, you know, those accidents, especially besides that big wreck. Besides you know? stage three, that's when all the chase drivers that are in the top six almost got a little bit of something. The highest finisher for the round of six was Ross Chastain. He finished second. The second highest finisher was Stuart Friesen, finished sixth. Everybody else finished no better than 23rd. That's crazy. Matt Crafton finished 23rd. Tyler Akram finished 25th. Austin Hill, 26th. And mm-hmm. Brett Moffitt finished 25th. Yeah, and Brad uh, Moffitt won stage one, finished seventh in stage two. Yeah, you know I, what does that mean? Mm, I don't know. Brad Moffitt has a pretty good cushion at forty-five points after Martinsville. Yeah, yeah, this is all after Martinsville. So him, go, him going to Phoenix, he just needs to stay out of trouble. Yeah, and he's going to advance to the championship round in Homestead. Well, Stuart Friesen's the same way. It looks like Stuart Friesen's thirty-five points to the good, mm-hmm. and even then he finished in. Let's see here. He finished eighth in stage one and tenth in stage two. So we got stage points yeah. out of that. But he didn't finish that well. No. Which kills him. Now, Ross Chastain had an outstanding run, finished tenth in stage one, fourth in stage two, and second in the race. That is how you win championships in this day and age in NASCAR That's right. with stage race and finishing the top ten every stage and finish the race in the top 10 preferably top five preferably a win 
I hope that guy makes it all the way to the Final Four. He's going to make it to, like I said, he's going to make it to the Final Four. Now, he's my pick to win the Truck Series Championship. I, I would like to see Ross Chastain win that championship. I would like that, too. He's a very good driver. He's, ever since I kind of just, I really just discovered him this year. Mm-hmm. He's been nothing but impressive to me throughout the year. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that was a crazy race there at the end. No fights in, in the truck race. Yeah, no, no fights. No, no fights in the no. truck race. But that's how that's the truck race was kind of uneventful until that built one big wreck in stage three. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, a lot. And then uh, let's see here. Todd Gittlin won the race. That was his first one, right? First win yeah, first ever. Victory. And a bit of controversy with that because he came over the radio and told Kyle Busch to stay in his trailer. Yeah. Now, look, reading into it a little more, Kyle Busch was kind of questioning his ability to drive his truck. Kyle Busch owns that truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyle Busch, I guess, questioned his ability to drive. Therefore, he said he could stay in the trailer. And then he went on social media and said, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I got to apologize. Eh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're driving. That's kind of a half-hearted apology, if you ask me. Driving his truck. Yeah, you probably need to watch what you're saying. You but, know, I mean, he basically, when pretty I fir- much was just When I first heard saying, that, you know, when I first heard that, I thought he was talking about him not racing Kyle Busch in the truck series. It's like, oh, I finally have a win because Kyle Busch isn't racing in the truck series. Yeah. Well, it turns out, no, Kyle Busch was downing him a little bit or questioning his ability to drive, and it was kind of a, hey, I showed you I can drive and win in this series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame him. Motions, I think, got the better of him. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what happens in the moment, I guess. You know, things do happen. And then John Hunter Nemechek is, uh, finished seventh in that race. So maybe that will carry over to Texas. Uh, hopefully... Yeah. But but then the Xfinity's going to Texas or not not Texas Phoenix for the trucks. Yeah, the trucks are off to Phoenix next. Oh well, I guess when I said that, and the Xfinity series, he's going to John race Hunter for, He's yeah, John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, he's going race. over to Texas to he's race for Farmer Motorsports. Yeah. Yes. So maybe that's where I got. Okay, so Xfinity going to Texas. I would say, let's see here, getting close to a cutoff race here in. A couple weeks. Christopher Bell's solidly ahead. But here's my here's what I'm looking at. It's going to be a fun race, and this is why. So Christopher Bell, who's leading the points by 49, his average finish is 19th in Texas. The lowest finisher, average finish in Texas, comes from Michael Arnett in 14th. Everybody else is in the top 10 in average finishes. Mm. You have Noah Grayson. This is his first start. Tyler Reddick's only made one start, finished second. 8.7 for Justin Allgaier. Chase Briscoe, it's his first start. Austin Sindrick, third, one start. Austin Sindrick's negative 30 to get into Homestead. He needs to do well here. He needs to get that, those stage points and run, needs, run very well. He almost needs like a win at this point. I would say with two races to go, Texas and Phoenix, mm-hmm. I think he's. He, it's not a need to win but he needs to show everybody that he can do it, and he needs to be ahead of at least Noah Grayson, Michael Arnett, and Chase Briscoe here in Texas. Yeah, He needs to beat those guys on the track, and no matter how they can do it, however they can do it, they need to do it in order for him to be competitive and not have so much pressure going into Phoenix. But uh, that, that's going to be a fun race, that Xfinity race, because it's going to be so close just based on what the stats look like and the average finishes from the past three races, if I could calculate their last three starts there. But Chase Briscoe making his first start and Noah Grayson making his first start and two other drivers, Austin Sindrick and Tyler Reddick, making their second start at Texas. So it's going to be interesting. I think it will be very interesting. You know, it's going to be very interesting there. At this point, I mean, just judging by when I look at the point standings myself, I mean, still, like we said, you know, just on Allgaier, like the top three, I mean, the those guys, they famed them the big three, correct? Am I? Yeah, Bell, yeah, Custer, yeah. and Reddick. Yeah, those are the big three yeah, that they like the to big, refer those to. Those are the big three right there. Yeah, so the big three look like, I mean, they're pretty much on cruise control at this point. Like you said, it's just that fourth spot that's up for grabs, it almost seems like, unless, unless things go south for like the big three somewhere, because, I mean, we're just talking Texas and then Phoenix, and then we're on to Homestead. So we got two races left, which, I mean, Technically, anything could happen still. Anything could. But, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting race with the top eight here in the Xfinity Series just based on the average finishes. Yeah. But, I mean, Austin Cindric is going to need a big run here in the next two races, absolutely. But the guy who has the worst average finish is Christopher Bell, 19th. And Mm. he's the leader. Yeah. 49 points to the good, though. Yeah, 49 to the good. So it'll it'll take two bad race weekends for him to just totally lose it. I don't foresee that happening with Christopher Bell, though. Yeah, you're right. And that race in Texas will be on November 2nd. Looking forward to it. Then we come to Monster Energy. 
The domination. Ooh. The domination of Marnie Domination Bruech. is pretty much right on. I'll give you five bucks if you could tell me without looking it up. Looking me right in the eye. Okay. I'll give you five bucks if you could tell me how many laps he led. Well, you're not going to have to give me five bucks, but it was 494. No, 464. Oh, 60. Oh, you know. Yeah, you're right. 64. That ah, sounds about right. Man, you owe me five bucks. Yeah. I don't know why that 494. You, you know, you I thinking, probably got you, that you six think, upside down. E- well, either that or... Yeah, you were probably just got I just, I think I got I don't know how you messed that up, but 400, I don't know how I did either. he led 464 out of the 500 laps. We thought Kozlowski had a dominant performance with, what, three 320 something here in the spring? Oh, that was dominating. No. That guy was on, Truex was on a rail. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Well, it's not the first time the Truex has ever really dominated a race. He dominated the Coke 600. Was it last? Was I it this past year or was it last year? 2016, 2016, 2017. I think it was. 2015? No, it was. Not very long. Ago. It wasn't, but he just—he was just like this race on a rail. It was yeah, like the, he led like three hundred ninety. I want to say it was like three hundred ninety ninety-two laps or something he like dominated that. Dude, out of four hundred, well. and like it was—I mean, that guy Joe gone, man. Was, I'm telling you, hey, I got my pick right. I said that I had a feeling out of the Joe Gibbs guys, I was going to say that Trokes was probably going to get the victory, and he there you go. Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, not only that, he just he swept the stage. Stage one, Truex. Stage true, Truex. Yeah, but let's let's run down stage one here real quick because this is important. I feel so. You have Chase Elliott who had an what did he break? He broke an axle, I believe. And look up my notes here. Yeah, yeah, I think broke that's an what axle, it was. finished thirty yeah. six, but he got finished eighth in stage one. Mm-hmm. That was his only shining point. Finished fifty five laps down. Ooh. So that's gonna hurt him. That hurt him a lot. Oh yeah. But then you have another consistent run by Ham- uh, Hamlin, Blaney, who we said was in trouble. Going into this race, finished third in stage one, third in stage two, and fifth in the race. Yeah, look at him now. He's so not, so much for that average like finish. Trouble now. He didn't look like he was in trouble. <laughs> we'll get to the points a little later on. But someone else who also needed a good one was Kyle Larson, finished second in stage two and ninth in the race. That's some good finish. Very good. Uh, Kyle Busch finished ninth in stage one and seventh in stage two. However, missed the top 10 and ended up 14th in the race. So that was a definitely not the result he won, but he had that run in with Eric Amarola, which we'll get more into that later Ooh, because yeah. we have a lot to talk about after the race, mm-hmm. especially sure that race. Yeah, it was just an overall, I, you know who surprised me? A driver of the day for NASCAR Cup Series, William Byron. He was up front all day. Yeah. Up front what a great day. run by that guy. Very good run. Finished well in stage one with a sixth place finish and another sixth place in stage two and finished second. Yeah. That's a shame that he's you know not in the playoffs anymore at this point. But that, w- that would have been fun to see him move Truex out of the way for the win and just have a repeat for last year. But nobody goes yeah. to the homestead. He just said, "Move out of my way. I want to win." Yeah. I think that would have been a popular one of the most popular wins this year. Oh yeah, it would have been for sure. But everybody ran well. Hamlin ran very well. It was just an overall good race for the Chase guys, except for a handful. For except for maybe two, I could say say, say right here, Chase Elliott. Yeah. Who is now 44 points behind the cutoff line going into Texas. Yeah. But with an average finish at Texas at six, so that's good. And Kyle Bush, who ran who's 17 points to the good, ran 14th, and his average finish at Texas is a 13.7. But the person I'm looking at at Texas, defending race champ two years in a row, 2017-2018, Kevin Harvick, average finish of, in the last three races, 2.7. Oh, He's going to be tough it's to dangerous. beat. He's going to be tough to beat, and he's below the cutoff line by 14 points. Oh, Happy Harvick's going to get it done, man. Oh, Are you well, me? Happy Harvick's going to get it done, but Truex is on a run. Hamlin, consistent all year. It was just, it's going to be come down to it, but let's see. It's going to come down to a very good finish in Texas, I believe. Again, Texas never fails to disappoint at uh, chase time. Yeah. Let's see. The lowest finisher out of the round of eight that I see right now is Kyle Larson at 19. But that doesn't mean anything. We said Blaney and Larson have both bad average finishes at Martinsville. They turned out around and finished very well in the yeah. race. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, danger zone, I would say, is Kyle Bush on down 17 points to the good. Hamlin's 24 points to the good. Truex, I'm not even going to mention him anymore because he's locked into Homestead. He's got his golden ticket punched. Yeah. But I, I would say anybody from Kyle Bush on down... So third place on down to Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott needs to pull Rabbit out of his Chase Elliott's going to have hat. to pull the Rabbit out of the Magic Hat. Kyle Larson being 24 points below that cut line, I, I mean, you got two races to do it. So, yes, it's going to be exciting this week. And then I think it'll be – I think what's really going to happen is I think it'll be a little bit tighter going into Phoenix. I think – 
I don't think anybody's really going to move around too much here, but Phoenix will definitely be, I think, will be a lot closer. I think. I think it will be, too. I don't think Hamlin will probably, I mean, in my eyes, I don't think Hamlin's probably going to have any issues this weekend. Kyle Busch, probably. Just because I just feel that way. I mean, it's, I'm not trying to hate on Kyle Busch, but like in my perfect scenario, I would say that, like you said, Kyle Busch on down is your danger zone, which would make sense. Kyle Busch, 17 points is a good. Joey Logano, 14 points is a good. And then Harvick being 14 points back from the cut. Then Blaney being 15 points back from the cut. I mean, right there. Just those four guys right there. I mean, that's... Yeah, but if you look at their average finishes, you have Kevin Harvick, 2.7 in defending champion. Ryan Blaney... 6.7 average finish. Kyle Larson, 19. Chase Elliott, 6. Again, stage points. Preferably top 5 stage points. Yeah. And good finishes, preferably a win. You want to win any race and you're one of these guys except Truex, you want to win this race. If you're Truex, you want to win this race to keep the Chase Elliott's out of the homestead. You want to keep the Blaney out of the homestead. You want to keep the definitely the Harvick out of the homestead. Yeah. The Kyle Busch and the Joey Logano. In fact, you want to just keep everybody out of here. Every one of these drivers is very has been running very well this year. A few hiccups here, here and there, but nothing to the point where it's like, yeah, I want to face him in homestead. I, I could beat those guys. No, because you know they're going to bring their A game in homestead at the with the Final Four. But here we go. So Chase Elliott broke that axle, finished 36. That hurt him. Yeah, that was a big blow. Before we so. get to the the main card and the main battle of the night, let's <laughs> let's talk about Kyle Busch and Eric Almirola. So they they were racing hard for position on the track, and the communication from Al, Eric Almirola's team was wreck him. Yeah, get out, move him out of the way, crash him, wreck him. So that leads me to this: I think the team will influence that driver, the spotter, or the crew chief will influence that driver to the point where he's driving the car and not the driver. Because mm-hmm. had he not wrecked him, had he not spun him, I think Almirola would have had a better finished than he did and not dnf yeah that being said though you know because that ruined not only eric amarola's night and jimmy johnson's night and kyle bush's day not that kyle bush ran horrible the rest of the day finished yeah out in the top he probably could have finished a little bit higher could have and and typical kyle bush after the race man a few words that guy speaks soft and carries a big stick i feel sometimes yeah, that that with short tracks come short tempers. But the big scrap of the night, the the main event, as I uh, would say, again, Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin getting into it. This isn't the first time they've done it. 2013 spring race. They had a little bit of a run in. It was, uh... but see, and, and we <laughs> talked about this last week where we, we want to see driver versus driver keep the teams out of it. Yeah. And it's so difficult, though. I, I heard on another podcast just this morning that that's never going to happen. As much as we could preach about it, that's never going to happen because everybody's the drivers like their quarterback mm-hmm. and the teams like their offensive line. You don't mess with the quarterback. Yeah, and you know, I did. I saw. I did see something on Twitter about that about people like talking about you know how can we how, why can't we just get like a one on one you know and everybody's got to be there and, you know. Well, really, I don't want to say what really took me off, but like seeing the articles about, oh, the Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano fight. And I'm thinking that wasn't really much of a fight. It was more like Joey Logano's, one of Joey Logano's pit team, team members, blindsiding and just just taking Hamlin out. I mean, I'll tell you the name of that. Dave Nicholas Jr. Oh, (laughs) see, because I was watching the race and Caroline and I were both watching it because we were both excited. Hey, I just won $15. Not an extravagant amount of money, but I still won $15 and finished in yeah, the I mean, top you, in the top it, tier for yeah, projector exactly. yeah. out of like thousands of fans. So right. I was pretty proud of myself there. Yeah. I, I think in the marbles for that. <laughs> I think in the marbles with all my studying for that. So he came up and I was watching it and you know, you saw they were I, just exchanging a couple well, Joey Legato was more of just exchanging the words until he shoved. pushed him. I, I mean, I wouldn't even go as far as saying a shove. I mean, like he hit him harder than just a shove. <laughs> that was a nice little love tap he gave him. But then, then that happened. They were, and Hamlin wasn't going to have that. He went up to go confront Hamlin. Sorry, Hamlin went up to go confront Logano. Yeah. And they, and then everybody's like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. And then this guy comes out of nowhere. Just this Dave guy comes out of nowhere. And he looked twice as big as Denny Hamlin. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy looked maybe about 250. Hamlin's probably a good 170, if that. Yeah. He's a pretty... We don't, know. Pretty, we don't have he, the official stats. I'm sorry, I don't the, have the stats on him. Sta- I, I don't have to tell the tape here. <laughs> yeah, there, I was looking for... I was looking for... Thank you for completing that. The tale of the tape. I'm That's sorry right. about that. But so, but this guy comes in and didn't... And grabbed him and horse collar and tackled him to the ground. Yeah. 
that was uncalled for. It was, that was very uncalled because for. Because if I right. was on Hamlin's team, that guy would be public enemy number one at that point. Mm-hmm. The heck with Logano. And then, did you see the video of Logano saying, you want to go? You want to go? And, Ham- and Hamlin's, yeah, yeah, let's go. Well, I did, then- <laughs> yeah, I saw the interview where Hamlin was talking about how, like, you know, Joey Logano, he's like, Joey was talking about how like, you want to go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm right here, you know? And like, yeah, good on Hamlin. And Hamlin looks like he was ready to fight. But then what really, what I found the funniest out of this whole thing was when Hamlin Mocked Joey Logano. That was pretty. Did you funny. see that? Oh, that yeah. whole, ooh, uh, he'd probably say something it's like, "Short oh, Grayson. Grayson. But like the, the facial expressions were like Spot that was, on. was golden about it, and that that's what that's what even made it even better. Of like just not only a race, but after it wasn't. It didn't take away at all from Truex's accomplishments this weekend in Martinsville. It, no, it was actually absolutely not. But you knew this was going to happen. Oh yeah, tempers well, are flaring at short tracks all the time. Why is it always one of those two drivers at Martinsville? I've, you have you noticed that in the past few years, Kenseth wrecked Logano, taking him out of the chase completely. Yeah. Last year, or was it last year? It was two years ago. Hamlin got into Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Yeah, and then people were booing him, and and, and now they're cheering him and booing Logano. Why? Because they don't like Logano more than they don't like Hamlin. They yeah, like Hamlin better than to, me. I've come to figure that out as well. Which is and I've always I've always liked Danny Hamlin. One team and one sponsor. Since 2006. Mm-hmm. Amazing numbers. I got a few of his cars here in the, on the memory mantle here with my race setup. And he's just always up there. He's always up there. Very good. And, well, I don't know. I, I like I like Hamlin. A lot of people don't. I, I do. I don't have a problem with Hamlin. I think he's a great driver. Right. So, but, ha- however, for Dave Nicholas Jr., he was suspended for the next point. point uh, for the He was suspended. Oh, my gosh. I'm so... And and there's so much on that paper. There's so much on it. Look at that. I mean, I, there's a wall of words here. I know. So he's suspended from the next point race in the Cup Series, which is Texas, under Section 12.8.1.C, member-to-member confrontation with physical violence. Ooh. So, physical, yeah. Body slamming him almost at I that mean, point. That was uncalled for, man. I thought, it, honestly, when I saw the video the first couple times, it looked like he was going for, like, a like a wrestling pin. Like, he was going to roll him over and pin him right there on oh, pit road. And I'm just so mad about that. That made me more mad about the whole incident than anything. It's just you don't blindside someone like that. Yeah. I mean, kind of a pansy right there, pansy move. Okay, so rating the race. Rating the race. We're coming down to the end of the show here. We're going to rate the race here. We're going to start with you, Formula One. Ten out of ten. I'm not even going to hesitate. Ten out of ten. It was that for it was that good for you. I I enjoyed it. I mean, just you know, yeah, there might be some dead spots in between the start and the finish, but like lap one is always exciting because you never know what's going to happen when they get to the first turn, whatever track they're at, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I mean, you had you had got the contact. The people were I won't say wrecking each other. You know, like Hamilton was he got forced into the grass on the start, and then him and Verstappen get into it in the corner. Hamilton actually ended up having damage on one side of his car, which he showed he was looking at after the race, you know, which that kind of stuff does affect the cars at times. Oh, yeah. You had those. You had then Verstappen on lap uh, five or six when the tire just completely, when they said, oh, he's got a tire down, he's got a tear, and then they showed it, and then, like, there's no tire, it's just a rim. And I'm like, holy crap, that guy's going to travel all the way around the track on just that rim, you know? Yeah, that was unfortunate for him. But, like, yeah, you know, I'm still, I would say still fairly new to Formula One. But, like, it's, like, all kind of all new to me. And then, like, seeing, you know, like you said, there was, like, what, over 300,000 people or something oh, yeah. like that? You know, all these people are just, you have all the, it's just, it looks like an all-out great time. Like, when you go to a NASCAR race over the weekend, you know, it's, right. like, it just, everybody loves it. They, it seems like the crowd gets into it. And then you have the podium finish and people are cheering. All this is going, people, they're letting people onto the track. And I'm like, man, this is, this is great, you know? It was like, fun. It was fun. I gave it an 8.2. Ooh. I gave it 8.2. The highest I scored on it was memorability with 9, and only because there was a lot of moving parts there. Everything else I gave it 8 to it as far as unpredictability because once Hamilton passed Vettel in the pits and Vettel had to catch up, it was like, oh, man. Maybe Hamilton secures the championship, but maybe both has keeps it going until Austin. So I gave it an 8.2. So we'll go on to the truck series. What do you rate it? Uh, I... Eight point five out of ten. Okay, I gave it an eight point six. Okay, because it was excited, it was unpredictable with Gilliland winning. It wasn't it, and just all those all those con, top uh, round of six drivers getting caught up in the racks. Seeing uh, Gilliland one win was very 
awesome point, and then uh, finally comes to the cup race. Uh, I gave the cup race a 9.9 out of 10. And Nine? Yeah, you know, it had, I rate it high because I like short track racing to begin with. Right. You, you have your beating and banging, there's accidents, tempers are flaring, you're having confrontations on pit road, people are being interviewed and mocking other people. You got one guy that, even though Truex dominated pretty much almost the entire time, I mean, you still, you get all this, you get everything out of it, which is... What I that's why I rate it so high. You know, there's like so much that was in there. I feel like you were very generous this week because I gave it an eight point eight. Oh, why? I'm curious. I, well, well, okay. Here's what I here's what I put down. I have my little cheat sheet here. So <laughs> unpredictability, I gave it an eight. Once Truex was out in front, and I realized he's not going to be moved there unless he gets moved or a bad pit stop or something happens. Good luck on any of that. He's won his seventh race of the year. Yeah. Okay. He was on a rail the whole time. He was in cruise control mode. So. Really, no one could touch him. So I gave it out an eight. Excitement, I gave it a nine because there was a lot of that beating and banging and who's going to finish what. And that NBC predictor app, you know, game helped too because, oh, man, Kozlowski's up there. Come on, Harvick. Because I picked Harvick. I picked Truex to win. Harvick to finish second and Kozlowski third. Yeah. Harvick let me down. He cost me $10,000. Harvick cost me ten thousand. Damn it, Harvick! You hear that? You didn't close the deal. Yeah, get it Har- done. Harvick, darn it, man! Harvick. Uh, so, but I, other than that, I, I kid, I kid. So, uh, memorability, I gave it a ten because it was a memorable race. You know, Truex leading all those laps—that's history right there to me. I like the historical races like that. Competitive this nine because of the chase. Yeah. In- intensity eight because mm. I feel like if it was more of the what was going on in the back of the pack up front with the passing and then bumping and running. I feel like it could have done better. You know, I, I think overall it was a good race. Uh, 8.8 isn't horrible yeah. on, on the spectrum of things. But that's it. Uh, anything else from that that NASCAR, either truck or the Cup well, Series? Cup Series of Formula 1? No. And, I... re- and remember, so we got Texas for all three, for the Cup and Xfinity and, and Formula and 1. And Formula 1, And yes. Formula 1 this weekend. Make sure to check it out. Let us know what everybody thinks of those races on Facebook or on Twitter because we'd be interested to see what you guys thought of them. But I thought they were good. Preston thought they were good. And now we'll get into our final thoughts here. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. So we come to the segment of the show where we, Preston and I give our final thoughts of this race weekend, just kind of wrapping all up in the box. So, Preston, what are you looking forward to this weekend with Formula 1? Xfinity and Cup. Uh, I think uh, as far as Formula One goes, I think we're going to see an exciting race. I mean, I know it's just down to Hamilton and Botas at this point. I was looking at the points not long ago, but it seems like Lewis Hamilton almost pretty much has it wrapped up. I know you wanted to go all the way to Abu Dhabi, of course. Of course. But of course. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, the racing world is anything can happen technically. I mean, I don't really foresee anything bad happening to Lewis Hamilton at this point. The guy really knows how to drive. Uh, so... I'm looking forward to an exciting, hopefully an exciting Formula One that race this weekend. I think, as far as the Xfinity series goes, we'll probably see an exciting race there. As far as the big three, absolutely. Is it the big three? Is that what it was? Yeah, Bell, Reddick, and Custer. Yeah, yeah, the big three. I think it'll be good because I think that's uh, Saturday night, and then um, on Sunday, an afternoon race at Texas. I mean, I haven't even checked the weather for this weekend as far as all three races go. I don't think there's. Wouldn't it be crazy? If it rains in Austin for the Formula One race, then for the Cub race, it's a doubleheader Sunday. Stop tempting the excitement, all right? I just, That'd be fun. That would be great. You know, I just I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have an exciting race weekend overall. As far as which race I would think would probably the be the most exciting, honestly, I think the Xfinity series might be the most exciting out of just, all three. Just based weekend. on the stats that I pulled up, yeah, it's going to be the closest. Yeah, I think that's what it is too. I mean, I don't know what your take might be. I mean, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Well, you know, I'm with you. Xfinity is going to be, I think, closer than the Cup as far as everybody has a good average finish there. Cup's going to be interesting to see what Chase Elliott does. Ooh, yeah, you're right. And to see if Harvick can pull off three in a row. So that I think that'd be interesting if Harvick can lock himself in and who's going to have the pressure taken off of them going into Phoenix mm-hmm. and who has the pressure going on them in the final cutoff race of the year before the championship race in Homestead. Yeah, so Texas Motor Speedway for, like, NASCAR, that's in Fort Worth, right? Correct. Yeah, okay, so, it. I mean, there's no rain in the forecast this weekend, so... What about Austin? 
Uh, Austin, neither. Uh, they oh. are going to be racing. I just, I just saw it. Give me a second here. I can tell you right now. Uh, you don't remember it just from two seconds ago? I know it's it's crazy. Well, I was trying to. I was looking at the, the temperature differences as well. Oh. You know, and it, the high on Sunday for in Austin is sixty seven degrees. Well, it's going to be nice weather, guys. Oh yeah, it'll be great weather. You know, Fort Worth is about the same too in the sixties as well as well and clouds. So all the rain's happening right now because of you know, the system that came up from the Gulf. So they're all getting the rain out of the way now. So okay. it'll all be dry this weekend. So we won't see, you know, races all in one day. That's so okay. It'll still whatever. be fun, though. It'll still be fun. So we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to go to this week in NASCAR, and I promise you and the Marvel fans, I'm going to buy a big book like I have here of NASCAR for Formula One history and IndyCar history, mm-hmm. as well as maybe drag racing. We might find some stuff drag racing, MotoGP, all that other stuff we want to dabble into later on, later on down the road here in the marbles. But here we're going to go back to 1958, October 26, 1958, where Junior Johnson edges Fireball Roberts to win the NASCAR Grand National Season Finale at Atlanta's Lakewood Speedway, and Lee Petty captured a championship by 644 points over Buck Baker. Ooh. So that was October 26, 1958. 1958, going way back. Absolutely going way back. This week, instead of for the driver of the week, I know it's supposed to be your turn. But I picked something else out. Considering we're getting more into Formula One here and we want to branch out and get Formula One history and stuff like that. This week, for Episode 7, our first ever Formula One driver of the week. Ooh. I can't wait. Alan Prost. Okay. Alan Prost is our driver of the week. Spent 12 years in Formula One, not between 1980 and 1991, and then took a year off, and then raced his final season in 1993 for Williams. Won the championship that year. Dominated mm-hmm. that championship. Has four championships, 85, 86, 89, and 93. Now, what's famous about Alan Prost is that he was a big rival against Ayrton Senna. We will get more into Senna later down the road because that guy <laughs> did, did, has a show dedicated to him down the road in my head. So, And if you ever want to watch it, it's on Netflix. The Senna Documentary. Great documentary. It's on Netflix? It's on Netflix now. Oh, well, I guess and, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Very great documentary. I recommend everybody watch it who hasn't seen it. Started 199 races, 51 wins. That's almost a quarter of the time winning. Yeah. Amazing stats right there. 106 podiums, 33 poles. His first start, which is, was in the 1980 Argentinian Grand Prix. Finished sixth in a McLaren. His first win was in the 1981 French Grand Prix, so he won his first race right in front of his home crowd. Pretty cool there. Last win was the 93 German Grand Prix, and his last start was the 93 Australian Grand Prix. So Alan Prost is your In the Marbles Driver of the Week for Episode 7. Awesome. I love it. I love it, too. So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. Make sure to like us on Facebook at In the Marbles. Follow us on Twitter at Marbles In and on Instagram at In underscore The underscore Marbles. Or like Lute said last week, you can just type in. You can just type in In the Marbles and find that out. But for Preston Lute, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for listening this week and have a good rest of the week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.